Thanks for coming back for another episode of What's on Your Plate podcast. My name is Sarah. I'm your host. This year, I wanted to put something out for Mother's Day or motherhood. And if you've been keeping up with this space with any regularity, you likely know that I've lost my own mom within the last year. Mother's Day has always been bittersweet for me. Um, Well, not always, but for the last several years now it has. This year in particular, being the first Mother's Day without my own mom makes that bitter a little bit more hard to swallow, I guess. But I also know how fortunate I am to call myself a mother, and that, of course, is the sweet part. This year, with the help of this platform, I wanted to do something to lift others' voices on motherhood, to allow other women to speak on their perspectives on what being a mother means to them. I'm sharing today the voices and stories of the brave and aspiring women who so graciously left a part of themselves here for you to gain some new perspective, hear some encouragement, and if nothing else, just know that you're not alone. I've left my own words amongst theirs as well. I hope you see light in the sometimes dark places of your journeys, just like we've shared of our own here. I hope that if you are having a hard time with this holiday, I hope that if you are grieving in one way or another during this time that you know that you are loved and you are supported and you are seen and I hope that you just give yourself some grace if you choose to opt out of the hard things this weekend that just don't warm your heart or feed your soul it's okay to to not participate. But I also hope that you do look around yourself and see the good and see the power in the women that are still amongst you and the power in the woman that you yourself are. And for the men that are listening, I hope that you uplift these women I speak of in your own lives. I hope you know how beautiful and powerful and cherished they are in not only your life but in this world and I hope that you inspire them to be exactly who they are and continue to inspire others around them. So thoughts on motherhood. Um, it took me a good while to decide that I wanted to be a mother. Um, part of that was because I had gone through a divorce and was starting over with a new husband. Part of it was um, because my own mother had so many issues that impacted me while growing up. And I had this um, mistaken idea that I was um, bound and, um, condemned to repeat her mistakes and to become who she was. And that terrified me. So 
honestly, um, through some amazing counseling um, and just time and being around some other amazing moms um, and seeing how it could be done the right way really helped break me from that mindset. And once um, my husband and I decided we wanted to have kids, then of course, um, we couldn't. <laughs> so we began a journey, uh, our infertility journey, um, to become fertile. And um, that was a long journey. Um, it was stressful and painful and um, and terrifying, quite frankly. <clears throat> um, but in the end, we ended up with um, our son, Joel. And when he was born and bringing him home, I remember thinking those first two years was absolute bliss. I mean, I loved nursing that baby. I loved being with him. He went everywhere with me. I remember laying in bed nursing him because we co-slept and I would look over him and just think, I just want to be on a tropical deserted island with this baby, just me and him. And like, you know, some food and drink. And I just, that's all I need in this world is him, this sweet little baby and myself. And I remember thinking I could never be this happy again. Um, it was, I feel like in life, in motherhood, you go through sweet spots where everything just kind of clicks and it doesn't last forever, but, and it, it does come back if you lose it. But when you're there, man, ugh, in those first two years with that, that firstborn baby were just, ugh, they were heaven. Um, so then fast forward and Mr. Joel is three and a half and I am pregnant with twins and bring home these twins from the hospital and I became this crazy milk factory because one kid was in the NICU for 11 days so I'm at home I'm nursing I'm pumping we're taking milk back to the NICU and it honestly was um People talk about having a child in the NICU and how awful and stressful it is. And I did not experience that because I had one child at home that I had to focus on and worry about. I didn't have the energy or the bandwidth to um, be a nervous wreck about my son who was in the NICU. I had to just trust that he was being cared for. And um, the nurses that were there at the hospital where I delivered were just fantastic and I never, I never questioned, I never worried. It just, it was complete trust, which was a blessing. So now comes the really funny part of the story. The twins are now a year and Joel is four and a half and I am nursing these twins and I am becoming emaciated and I have no energy and I'm angry all the time and I'm moody and I don't understand why. And I go to the doctor and think I'm having thyroid issues or something like that. So they run all the tests. No, I'm fine. You probably just, I probably just need to go on an antidepressant again because it's overwhelming, having twins, yada, yada. 
And a few weeks later, when I'm ready to start this antidepressant, I decided I should probably take a pregnancy test just to be sure, even though we're pretty certain we can't be pregnant on our own. And surprise, I was. So here I am, 40, nursing twins and pregnant. And I'll tell you, when I took that pregnancy test, I almost fell off the toilet. <laughs> I was so shocked. Um, and I had about 24 hours of sheer panic. How am I going to do this? I mean, the twins were one and very demanding and, um, you know, your mind just can't even wrap around it, really. But after that first 24 hours, it became just pure happiness. And what a gift and a beautiful surprise to have this baby. And so fast forward a few months and we're about to have this baby right as COVID is coming into play in our nation and all the uncertainties and the fears and is my husband going to be able to come to the hospital with me to have this child? What are the, you know, what are the bigger ramifications of this? It was, it was a scary time. Um, and nobody knew anything really. So everyone was just being extra careful. And the week that we had the baby at the hospital, was when they just started mandating that all of the nurses and doctors wear masks 24-7 in the hospital. And now you think about it, it's just the way it is. But back then, it was a big adjustment for those labor and delivery nurses because they weren't used to wearing a mask all day, every day at work. And it was it was, it was was scary to be there and see that um, and to just know how they must have felt about it and how, you know, it was just, it was a scary time. And I'll never forget, I came home from the hospital with him and my mother-in-law and sister-in-law had been here with the other three kids and they left. And, um, you know, a day or two later, my best friend came over to drop off a meal. But again, because of COVID and everyone was so scared, um, she didn't come in the house and she was outside my front door and I'm holding the baby up to the, to the window of the door so she could see. And I just started sobbing because it just ripped my heart out that my, my person, you know, my person couldn't hold my baby. And, um, knowing what I know now, I wish I could go back. I would have opened that door and I would have had her come in and hold that baby. But, um, it is what it is. So that's the first part of my motherhood journey. So what have I learned about motherhood and about myself over the past eight years? With each kid, your standards go down, I feel. Your expectations go down. Um, You know, the first kid comes in and you're going to do it all right. This kid's going to eat only organic and this kid's going to never see a screen and this and that. And, you know, life happens. And then two more kids come and then another kid comes and... I've learned to just give myself grace and to know that it's all about balance and it's about taking everything in moderation. So, you know, my kids eat a lot of organic food, but you know what? We also eat McDonald's and that's okay. Um, There may be nights where they probably should have a bath, but I just don't have the energy. Is it going to kill them? No. In the long run, what does it really matter? Um... So that's what I've kind of learned, you know, and you have to find your own style and find a way to, to mother that's healthy for you and for your kids. 
um, so that you're not making yourself mentally exhausted by what you're doing. Um, I, I'm at a point right now where I feel like I have a good grasp on each of my kids' personalities and their, you know, their unique characters and kind of how to deal with each of them. But the other thing I've learned is that the minute you think you have somebody figured out, they move into a new phase and they change, you know, because they're growing and they're maturing and they're changing. So just give yourself grace. And at the end of the day, if you are trying and you are asking yourself if you did it right, in my book, it means you are. Um, so I, I'm forever grateful that I get to be a mom. I honestly struggle with ideas, the idea of what comes after this, because I've been so completely um, dependent upon, they have depended on me so completely. For the past eight years, I've had someone either nursing from my body or growing in my body, and it's who I've become, and I don't know what it's going to look like when this phase is over. It, I wouldn't say it scares me, but... I do think about it and wonder to myself, how do I go back to just being me, me without four kids hanging off of me, me without a kid that needs, you know, a diaper change in the middle of the night. I don't know what that person looks like anymore because I've changed too. So we'll have to see how that all unravels as time goes on. Something else that I have learned is that I am an extremely sentimental person by nature, but for each phase that a child goes through, infancy, toddlerhood, you know, moving into the the, ch- the child phase and then moving into the preteen phase, um, in all of the milestones that are within there, um, there is a sense of joy and pride and wonderment that comes with each one. But there is also, at least for me, a sense of grief and a mourning of what was. Um, I'm one of those people that loves the infant stage. Some people don't. I love the infancy stage. Zero to two is my favorite, my absolute favorite. So for me, there's always this sense of dread or sadness that comes with knowing that this child is growing out of that phase. And I'm not sure where that comes from. Loss of innocence, the growing up. It's, it's sometimes hard to watch someone go through that because you know what this world can be, you know what this world can do. And I, I just have always tried very hard to keep my kids in this bubble of innocence as long as possible because once that's gone, you can't go back. And I've had to just embrace that. I've had to embrace the fact that I'm going to be sad when my kids are doing these little milestones and growing up, that I... Don't really want them to lose their first tooth because I know it comes after that. It's the second tooth and the third tooth and it goes so on. Um, But it's okay because it's all a journey and you learn to just embrace the beauty and the heartache together. And it's different for every mom, but that's what it is for me. Hi, my name's Sarah, and I've lived in Northwest Indiana for 17 years. I've been married for 19 years. 
and I've been a mummy for 11 years almost and my journey to motherhood was a little bit different to most people um I mean many people do face challenges but um our challenges were uh well the worst challenges that you could go through really um I always knew that I wanted to be a mummy um it was my goal in life I wanted to work with children and I ended up becoming a teacher which I still do now and I really love my job um I get to work with kids all day <laughs> um and then come home and be a parent as well um I have well let me think one of the hardest things or hardest questions that I get asked is one of the simplest questions when you meet someone and that question is how many children do you have and it's a really hard question because i have two daughters who are alive um i have an 8-year-old and a 3-year-old um but i also have a son who would have been 10 almost 11 and you never quite know when you're talking to people okay should i i don't want to deny his existence should i say three children but not explain any more or do i go into my whole story and then people sort of don't know what to say to you after that it's sort of like oh um or my common answer actually is i often say i've got two daughters at home um is because sometimes I don't feel like I want to share everything about my life with people and and I've come to learn as the years have gone by that however I want to answer that question on that day is okay for me and there are many other people who have to face tough questions like that um you know even my mother-in-law has to answer that question as my brother-in-law passed away in his 20s and she also finds that a really tough question to answer um so my journey was was really long um we started probably only a year after we were married um we started on a journey to become parents um but it was very much heartbreak and loss one after the other um we took breaks in between trying um it wasn't sort of constant but uh after 10 early miscarriages i got pregnant with our miracle baby and we had um Henry his name was and with our miracle baby um he was born at 25 weeks because I developed preeclampsia and it became a life or death situation for us both um and he was delivered early 
Now, we felt really lucky because we got to spend 58 days with him. We, all of those days were in the NICU because obviously he was, he needed a lot of help and support. Um, and it was very much like a roller coaster. Like there were some real highs, like when we got to give him his first bath and um, when we got to hold him. Um, there weren't many times that we did get to hold him, but those times just felt magical. Um, especially the times when he was off the ventilator and it was more like we could handle him and hold him without having to have constant nurse support to make sure that we were doing everything correctly. But, you know, those, those times were just magical. And after, after he passed away, he just couldn't fight anymore. Um, I know that many people possibly would have decided right then that they couldn't continue. But for us, it was sort of a different feeling. We both felt like we just, we loved him so much and we loved being parents that we really wanted to keep going. And we did have more losses, um... But eventually we had our first daughter. She was born at full term. Well, 37 weeks they wanted to deliver her. And then we had our second daughter, who I also got preeclampsia with. But she was born, um, she was only six weeks early. So we were in the NICU for a good month with her. But, um, but she was able to... When she was able to eat and breathe at the same time, she was able to come home. And uh, she's been feisty ever since. <laughs> she was actually my 17th pregnancy. And sometimes it sort of, it's hard to remember all of the ups and downs that we went through, but... There were 17 times when I took a pregnancy test. I mean, well, there was probably an awful lot more than that because in the beginning I would take pregnancy tests like every morning just to see if that line was getting darker or if it wasn't a very unscientific way to tell. But it was uh, something I did to try and bring me comfort to see if uh, this was going to be the baby that, that stuck um, but it's, yeah, it's hard to think about that sometimes. 17 pregnancies, there's not many people, thankfully, that have that experience. But I think that I wanted to share this, and I'm quite open in many ways. I'm, I don't mind talking about the things that we've been through, but... I think that I'm hoping to share this now on this podcast to be like a, I don't know, maybe a message out there to people who are struggling and who really want to become parents and are thinking about which journeys they are going on and whether it's through 
loss or infertility or whether they're pursuing adoptions or however however that journey is happening for them I just want to I guess say keep going (laughs) if you can if you can mentally keep going um keep trying to fulfill your journey and I hope that this is a almost a message of hope um for people that you can end up becoming a parent even after a long time What does motherhood mean to me? Becoming becoming a mother is life and death. So many women die during childbirth, especially women of color, black women in particular. Um, Being pregnant is hard. My pregnancy wasn't hard, but being pregnant is hard. And it's also beautiful because you are carrying new life. You're carrying all of the hope and dreams and potential that anyone can ever have because they're not born yet. Being a mother is being born again. You have to change. If you want to be good at being a parent, you have to change. You can't be as selfish as you were. You can't pick up and go anymore. You give up a lot. And it's almost like the death of your old life. Um, But at the same time, the version of you that comes from being a mother is wiser and stronger and sometimes happier than you ever were when you weren't one. Being a parent is life and death. You're trying to keep your kid alive. Especially toddlers. They want to run around and experiment and see things and try things. And sometimes those things are death-defying. And you'll almost have a heart attack watching them attempt to do it. My son is only nine, so I haven't gone through the teenage phase um, or the phase of them becoming a young adult. But I think that as your child grows, so do you. Your relationship changes from when they're a baby and they need you from everything until they gradually become more independent. And you have to let go of more and more of that control. And that can feel like death. It can be very painful to see your child not need you as much, especially when you have altered yourself in such a way so that you could be there for them and that's how a lot of women a lot of mothers lose themselves um, trying to be the best parent that they can be and it's rewarding that's why you keep doing it when your child says thank you mama or your child learns a new task or accomplishes something on their own the pride and joy that you feel is unmatched by anything you'll ever experience in life you're more proud for them and happier than for them than you've 
ever been for yourself. Being a mom is life and death. It's hard. It's easy. It's every dichotomy you could possibly think of. It's every challenge that you could ever have. It's learning patience and being patient, learning to be patient with your kid and learning to be patient with yourself, giving yourself grace, giving your kid grace, trying to, as the young kids say, break generational curses and not cause your kid too much trauma. It's selfless. It's kind. It's scary. Um, It's everything that I didn't know that I wanted until I became one. I was always indifferent to being a parent. I didn't really care. Ironically, my son's father wanted a kid and I got pregnant. I now know that that was just a way to trap me. But at the time, I thought he really wanted to be a dad. Um, But now I had, I got the best gift ever. The best party favor. um, The best parting gift that you could ever get. My son is the best parts of me. He's better than me in every way possible. And I get to witness that up close and personal. And I don't always get it right, but I'm always learning and I'm always trying. And I'm always growing and getting better, just like him. Being a mom is life and death. My personal journey with motherhood started out unplanned, but not unwanted. Unintentional, but not prevented either. I had reached a point in my life where I was unsure if a child was to be part of my future or not. So rather than pretend it was up to me in the first place, I just decided to take the goalie out, AKA my birth control, and just let the universe decide. As it turned out, It waited almost no time at all, setting things in motion for a little boy to grow in and be born from my body. So that part was easy, the getting pregnant and the pregnancy itself. Getting him out of my body was a different story. There are a lot of things I look back on and question about my birthing experience, but one part I wholeheartedly wish I could change was my decision to not include my own mother in the delivery room. She respected my decision, though I'm sure she was hurt by it. Looking back, I don't know what I was thinking. Why, when given the option, would I want to do such a hard thing without my mom? I'll forever wish I had chosen differently. The most truthful thing I can say about bringing my son into this world is that I had no idea what love was until he was here. He 100% changed me as a human. The true realization that I was his everything came into focus when in the early days and weeks when I was really struggling with nursing him and honestly just questioning everything I was doing, my mom said to me, 
Logan is counting on you. And something just clicked. All of a sudden, I could clearly see. I've never forgotten those powerful words either. When all the hard things relentlessly show up, when all the joys and rewards of raising a young person make my heart want to burst, when I'm afraid for all the things I'm not doing or all the ways I think I might be damaging him. And every time I feel his arms around me, I hear those words, Logan is counting on me. And if I'm being honest, I'm counting on him. He's so much of all I ever wanted without ever even realizing I needed him. I used to think I was too selfish to have a child, and sometimes that thought still creeps up and part of me holds on to who I was before becoming a mother. But the truth is, I would not be who I am today if not for my son. He has taught me so much about fear, perseverance, patience, and compassion. He has showed me it's okay if things don't go as planned. He has helped me laugh, he has held me accountable, and he has inspired me to raise the bar like no one else ever has. Motherhood is an ever-evolving, ever-frustrating, ever-rewarding journey in my life, and I can't wait to see what every single tomorrow looks like. There is absolutely no place I'd rather be. So I'm not your typical fall in love, get married, start a family kind of case. I had both of my children very young and out of wedlock. Um, Being a mother of two so young was very challenging. When I first found out I was pregnant, man, I was scared. I didn't know what my future was going to hold. I didn't know anything. I was just a baby myself. But, you know, you you just learn and you just try to do your best. At least that's what I did. It taught me so much about myself and about life. It taught me, they taught me about sacrifice and patience and, ugh, unconditional love it also taught me that being a mom isn't always glamorous it gets ugly you know there were some days where I thought I was failing I was exhausted I was overwhelmed I was stressed but in those moments I had to remind myself that I was doing my best the best that I could Being a mom has also brought me so much joy as well. Of course it wasn't all bad, all stress. There's also a lot of good. I mean, teaching them how to walk and talk, use the bathroom, you know, feed themselves. (sighs) The sounds of their 
laughter, their little hugs, their kisses, watching them grow, learn new things. That's the most rewarding part of it all. And even now that they're older, watching them grow into these amazing young women, that's the most rewarding part of it all. It really is. That's what makes being a mom worth it. Because when I think back to all the hard times, and hey, guess what? There was a lot. And it's still hard now. But looking back, it was all worth it. Because I'm watching them succeed. I did my job. You know? You want your eagles, little you want your little eagles to leave the nest. Motherhood is something I've always wanted to do ever since I was little. And I took care of my brother and eventually I started babysitting at a really young age. I was 12 and I babysat three little boys all the time. And they were very young. They were um, maybe six months like a year and a half and like three or four and I watched those little boys grow up for a couple of years until I eventually had my own child Um, when I was still a child I had her at 17 and even though it was probably one of the scariest things of my life it's definitely been one of the most rewarding things overall I was terrified. (laughs) I think that having a child so young, you don't really fully get to grow up yourself. Uh, She and I grew up together in a lot of ways. You know, we're 17 years apart. I am 41, almost 42, and she is 24. We've seen a lot of things together. And some of them have been amazing and extraordinary. Others have been heartbreaking. And we've managed to find balance through all of it. Myself, my mother is gone. And I would probably give anything to have her back even for a day she's been gone ever since I was 22 so I've lived just about 40 years of my life excuse me 20 years of my life without her and that's been tough it definitely has affected me in a lot of ways I wish I had that motherly advice. I wish I had that mothering hand. But when I really sit back and think about it, my mom was not that kind of mom to begin with. I remember when I was pregnant with my daughter, I made her a promise that I would never be the kind of mother to her that my mom was to me. 
and you might be thinking to yourself, that's, that's kind of harsh, but it's really not. My mother was not a mothering person, and she was very absent. My family owned um, several restaurants, so it was hard for her. She was gone a lot, and she loved what she did. She was never home. And we spent so many holidays without her and so many outings without her. I didn't want I didn't want my daughter to have the same thing. I didn't want my children to have the same thing. I never wanted I never wanted them to think that I loved a job more than them. And don't get me wrong, working is still fairly high on that priority list. Flash forward, I am a single mom, and three of my five children are still living at home, and they're young, and they need a lot of care, and I have to work to provide for them, and that requires me to be gone, but it does not require me to be absent, so while I'm home, I try to be the most present mom I can be, I make sure that I take them on wonderful vacations and we make a lot of memories and even when we don't go on vacation we do a lot of fun things I want my children to look back on their life and see that I was present for as much as I could be and I want to look back when I'm older and share all these wonderful memories with my kids. To me, being a mother is a privilege. I am their guardian. I'm their shepherd to help teach them and nurture their way so they can be the most amazing individuals possible. me, motherhood is sacred. And honestly, there there is no greater job that you will ever love and simultaneously hate more (laughs) than being a mother. That is probably... (laughs) A little faux pas, I guess, but I do. I I love it and I hate it. And yet I wouldn't trade it for anything. I love being a mom. And I think it was always meant to be one. For me, motherhood has been quite the roller coaster um, of a lot of things that I didn't expect and, you know, a few things I did expect. But to start with, I didn't actually always want kids. When I was younger growing up, I thought, oh, you know, I would love to have a big family, have like six kids. I grew up as a uh, only child for most of my life. And then my brother was born when I was 13. 
so it was something that I always thought that I wanted when I was younger, um, you know, to have that big family and to have children where they could have siblings um, and just, you know, kind of have this really neat, close-knit family situation. Um, I don't know. I just had this idea in my head that I thought that that's, you know, what I wanted when I was younger because it was the opposite of what I had growing up. And so when I got old enough to where I started thinking about, you know, meeting somebody, settling down and potentially starting a family, that dynamic kind of changed and went back and forth a bit for me. So with one of my long-term uh, ex-boyfriends, we had kind of went back and forth. I had initially said I wanted kids and then the longer we were together, that kind of like changed over time. And I'm like, okay, you know, maybe I don't want kids and had looked at the aspect of, you know, not having a child would mean more free time, the ability to travel and basically get up and do whatever things I was interested in doing whenever I wanted. And for me, that was something that really appealed to me. Um, I really enjoyed traveling and that was something that was important to me at that point in time in my life. Well, fast forward, I ended up, you know, meeting my husband and after being with him and, you know, spending time together, it, it was a different feel, you know, a different situation, different point in my life. Um, just a lot of things that added up and just made me kind of feel like, okay, maybe this is something I want and I could see myself being uh, a mother with my husband. And so we, you know, ended up having our child. And as things do, they often change and are never what you plan for them to be. And there are so many, like I said, so many unexpected things um, that come up in motherhood that you're just not prepared for. And I think in a lot of ways, there are things that you just won't ever be prepared for. <laughs> um, it's kind of like you don't really truly know the extent of things until you're in the thick of it. You know, everybody says being a parent is being really, you know, it, it's difficult and you'll have struggles, you'll have ups and downs, but in the end, you know, it's, it's worth it. And to a large extent, I definitely agree. Um, and I wouldn't change anything for the world. I, I'm someone who truly believes that whatever experiences we have in life, those do build up and, and make us who we are to some degree. And of course we can change those things, but all of those experiences have influenced us to the point where we are in our life today. So one thing I will say is having a child really forces you to face some uncomfortable truths and will really bring forth any of that maybe unhealed trauma or, um, you know, your unhealed inner child wounds that people talk about nowadays. And that was something that I most definitely was not prepared for in any way, shape or form. And I think we, we hear a lot more about that now. Um, but five years ago, 
when I had my daughter. That wasn't something that I was aware of. Um, I ha- I mean, if you asked me five years ago, I would have no idea what you're talking about. So <laughs> that has definitely forced me to have a new perspective on things. And with parenthood, I think the average person thinks back to their own childhood and often like reminisces and is like, okay, you know, I know from my own upbringing that these aspects of things I really enjoyed or, you know, these aspects I really didn't like of, you know, whatever my home life was like. And so being a parent, you keep a hold of those things and, and determine what you want to do for your own child and for the most part, I think most people are interested in giving their child a better life than what they had or, um, you know, if nothing else, improving upon what they grew up with. I think it's pretty rare that any adult would say that they had the most amazing childhood ever and that they wouldn't change anything. Um, but that's also speaking from my own personal experience. So... It's a lot to kind of take in and absorb and, um, being a parent brings forth a lot of things that you didn't know (laughs) would bother you. And that makes it very challenging. And like I said, a lot of things we now are hearing more about today, um, with, you know, inner child wounds and our past trauma and, you know, trying to quote unquote, reparent ourselves or, um, unlearn or relearn things that are so ingrained from our own upbringing that we do or don't want our own child or children to experience themselves. And so for that reason, I think that parenting today is really challenging, um, And not only do we have everything going on with society today and, you know, have the, you know, the juggle of all these nuanced things where we want to make time for ourselves and we want to teach our children, you know, better boundaries and self-care and all these things. But then we have the opposite end of that spectrum where we are filled with mom guilt a lot of times for making time for ourselves or, you know, setting these boundaries. And in the era of social media, we have, we're bombarded with these images of perfectionism and, uh, what parenting should like and, you know, gentle parenting and not yelling at our kids and balancing and juggling all that is tough. It's really tough, but at the, at the end of the day, (laughs) all that to say that I still wouldn't change a thing. And as tough as, as, as tough as it is at the end of the day, I love my child more than anything else. And I think that's another, yet another thing that is hard to explain or prepare for is that like bond that you have with your child. Um, It's just kind of this indescribable feeling that it's really hard to compare to anything else. It's not like the love of a partner you have. 
It's not like the love of your favorite pet. It's it's different, but it's very intense and it it definitely makes it all worth it. When you see that look on your child's face when they tell you that they love you or you're the best parent in the world, you know, um, it's really cool. It's a really cool thing to watch your child grow and change um, and learn new things. And then as a parent, you hope that you're helping shape their worldviews in the right direction and, you know, that they grow up and make their own choices and that, you know... My hope is that my child, of course, will be happy and happy and healthy and be able to make their own path in life. And as a parent, you want to support them in whatever it is that they choose to do, even if it's not maybe what you would personally choose. together really was emotional for me and even as I am here now I could easily be brought to tears thinking about what the women here shared today and just the fullness of their hearts and the honesty of their words whether you are a mother are becoming a mother want to be a mother if you lost a mother if you're a mother who's lost a child, if you are stepping into the role of a mother, I see you. Thank you. The truth is, all of us need mothering at different times in our lives, over and over again. My gosh, what would the world be like without mothers? It's not a place I would want to be. We are sacred all days of the year, not just on Mother's Day. We will endure and experience things others will not. It does not equate to being better, but it does create a knowing that is unique to our roles alone. Thank you to the beautiful women who allowed me to share their words. You are more than the label of mother, but I am so thankful you have been assigned it. I feel so fortunate to be amongst your graces, and I honor you today and every day. As always, if you enjoyed your time here today, if you love this space, the very best thing you can do to support it is to subscribe and to follow it and to share it with other people that you know would enjoy these words as well. Rate it and leave a review if you feel so inspired to. That's amazing as well. Other ways to support this space are in the show notes. And I am just so thankful to have been here with you today. I'll see you next time.